Vibrant, vibrant, vibrant music teaching. Proven and practical tips, strategies, and ideas for music, music teachers. You're listening to episode seven of the Vibrant Music Teaching Podcast. I'm Nicola Canton, and today I'm going to help you with your transfer student conundrums. Welcome, wonderful teachers, to another episode of the Vibrant Music Teaching Podcast. Before we get going with these transfer student first lesson essentials today, I want to make sure you have an opportunity to sign up to my webinar. It's on this Friday, if you're listening to this as it goes live, which is the 7th of September. And you can sign up at vibrantmusicteaching.com slash transfer. It's all about transfer students and how to make them successful in your studio. So if you're interested in today's episode, then you definitely want to sign up for that. If you listen to this just a little bit late, sign up anyway, because you'll get the replay um, and you'll be able to watch that there. And of course, VMT members can catch the replay as soon as it goes up in the VMT site and it'll live there forever whenever you want to watch it back. First of all, today I just wanted to explain what I mean by a transfer student, because I'm aware that this is one of those terms that's come to be fairly accepted in the online community. But if you haven't heard it, what we mean by a transfer student is anyone who has previous experience with another teacher. So someone transfers to you, they change teacher, and now they're in your studio and you need to take them from where they are, whatever they were doing with the previous teacher and move forward from there. So the difficulty with transfer students and why a lot of teachers um, complain is maybe the wrong word, but have difficulty with transfer students is mostly stems from the fact that we don't know where they're up to, right? So we don't know what the teacher previously taught them. Unless you're literally getting them from a teacher you know in your community, that's different. You might know exactly what they taught them. But in most cases, we don't. We don't know where they're up to. We don't know how they're going. And they can tell us, but it doesn't really give us a proper measure. Because saying you're at level five means one thing to one teacher and one thing to one student and another to another. The other difficulty is that we have to establish a relationship with this student and it's more difficult when they've had a relationship with a previous teacher. We don't know what their expectations and goals are for lessons and we don't know what they're used to, right? We don't know the environment the previous teacher had. Different teachers teach in very different styles and in different ways and they have completely different setups as well and formats for their lessons. So they may be assuming you're going to be the same. In fact, they probably are. And you might be quite different. So that relationship can get off to a bit of a difficult start. And no matter whether the student really loved their previous teacher or didn't get on so well, it still comes with a lot more baggage than a newbie piano student who's just walking in the door and have, has no idea what piano lessons are going to be like. That's a very different story for me. Now, when we combine those two difficulties, we get to the crux of the issue because we don't know where they're up to and we need to build a relationship. And those thing, two things come together to form a very difficult situation because we need to have some kind of assessment of where they are because we need to know. But at the same time, we don't want their first experience in our studio 
to be a test or what feels like a test or what feels like a judgment against them because it's not most likely if it is a judgment and if we are getting judgy it's normally like the previous teacher but they don't know that so they're going to feel like it's them like they've done something wrong if they're not doing what you're expecting and if that assessment doesn't go well in inverted commas so we need to balance those two things and that's where it gets really tricky for us teachers i have taken on a lot of transfer students um and I've taken a lot of them off the exam train. So they have been doing exam after exam after exam, and then they almost quit. And parent Googles something and realizes that there's such a thing as creative teaching. And they reach out to me and they come into me. So that's a huge amount of extra baggage, actually, because if they've been rushed through exams, whether the teacher has done it or the student has done it or the parent has done it, doesn't matter. They have been moving through exams normally too quickly or without enough balancing work in between and enough of a well-rounded curriculum, which makes for a lot of gaps in their learning. Um, but it also provides me with an opportunity. You see, most of these students have never been exposed to improvisation. Um, composition, exploring different things, playing games to learn theory, and possibly even great foundational technique and reading abilities. So this might sound like a lot to cover, but I find it to be an interesting challenge. So I actually really enjoy taking on transfer students like this. And when I manage to save them from quitting, it feels pretty good as they go forward in their studies. Not going to say I manage it every time because that exam burnout is extreme, but most of the time I do manage to save them from quitting music altogether. So I have four elements that I like to include in the first lesson. And the first lesson is really what it gets us off on the right foot, gets things started and gets the flow going with our new transfer student. You know, you don't get a second chance to make a first impression, as they say, so it's so important to get this right and to balance these different elements here. So my first of the four things I include is something comfortable. I'll ask the student to bring along a piece they previously played that they love. Anything. Now, for a lot of these exam transfers, that's going to be an exam piece because that's all they've played. So they'll bring along their favorite exam piece. For other students, it might be a previous recital piece or just something they love to play. What do you play for fun? What do you love playing? And what do you feel successful at? So I'll suggest this to the parent and um, they'll come up with something to bring along. Now, I will say that even with this suggestion of anything they want, still a lot of the time what they bring along, they can't really play. <laughs> Especially if they come into me in September and they've been off all summer. They tend to have forgotten their exam pieces and they haven't played, they haven't touched a piano and therefore they might stumble through this. So I'll try to give them as much space as possible to play this for me at the start of the lesson. I'll assure them that this is just because I want to see what kind of music they like and what their style is. So it's not about assessing their playing. They shouldn't think of it as me sitting there in judgment of them. I just want to see them enjoy some music. 
as well as having a little conversation and chat about that and trying to reassure them, I also like to try and get out of their eye line. So I'll scoot back on my chair, the rolling chair in my studio, um, and try and get out of the way so that they can feel a little bit more like they can focus and get into their own world to play um, their piece for me. Now, if they're seriously struggling with it, I might interrupt, but I try not to. Um, I have had students, like I say, who really cannot play that piece that they brought in. And I'll try to say, oh, no worries, don't worry about it. I know it's been the summer or whatever, and give them an out that way so that they don't have to feel like they have to produce something if it's too tricky for them. But it is such a good opportunity for us as a teacher to get some idea how they move at the piano or at their own instrument, what their reading ability is like even, because if they're staring at their hands, that's a sure sign to me that they've been memorizing things without, I mean, probably unintentionally, we don't require memorization for exams here. So if it's an exam piece and they're staring at their hands, that's not really a good sign for their reading ability, most likely. It'll show you their dynamics, their expression and their technique um, and just give you some idea of what they're like and how their playing is going. Now, it also gives you some insight into what they like. If they pick out a piece that they say is their favourite, that's a good indication of what style they like. For us, um, if they if it's coming off an exam syllabus, a lot of students' favourites will be the Christopher Norton, which is, there's usually a Christopher Norton on the first few levels, usually from micro jazz. And that's a lot of students' favourites. So that's a good indication. Maybe I could put them in that book and they could explore tons more Christopher Norton stuff. Or if they loved a Baroque piece, that's great too. If they really gravitated towards the sonatina. It doesn't really matter. It gives you a sense of what they like and what their playing is like. So after they've played their something comfortable, that's when we'll do some sight reading. Now I've gone back and forth myself about including sight reading in this first lesson with a transfer student because I know it's difficult for them. And I it's difficult for me to watch them, but I need to know whether they can read or not. And I've learned this from experience because I get a lot of students who just cannot read anything. And not that they haven't been reading, but they haven't been really reading. It would be different if I got a student who actually learned to play by ear, but that's not what these students are doing. They're sort of vaguely understanding the notes. They could probably name the notes for you using a mnemonic but they're not really reading and they can't really flow through a piece no matter how easy it is on the first go. So if that's the case, I need to find out about it. And maybe their sight reading is fantastic. I need to know that too. You need to know where students' strengths are and where their weaknesses are and what's been left out of their education. So some form of sight reading is great. Now, I, having said all that, I do know how hard it is for the student and I would have been the student who was shaking with nerves in this situation as I transferred teachers throughout my teens as well. So I know what it's like, which is why I start with the very easiest thing I can come up with, like literally with a student who's in grade two or three, I might still take out a primer level book. My go-to actually 
in the beginning with new transfer students is to take out Piano Pronto Prelude. So Piano Pronto Prelude, it's the first book meant for slightly older beginners, but it's the first book, basically a primer. And I'll go towards the end of the book when it starts being hands together. So it doesn't look ridiculous. And the good thing about Piano Pronto actually is it doesn't look kiddie at all. And actually this shouldn't make a difference, but it does. It's a portrait book. Like it stands tall, not wide. So it doesn't look like a beginner method book, which is great. So I go towards the end of that book, open it up on a song that's hands together, but is, you know, just chords in the left, maybe even just the open fifth C C and G um, in the left hand over and over, you know, something like Westminster chimes. Just get them to play it. Some students will surprise me and they'll be able to play it. I'd like to say that they'll surprise me and not be able to play it because that should be the surprising thing. But sometimes they do surprise me and they can play it successfully. And that's great. And we move forward. Sometimes they will really still not be able to play fluently at such an easy level, which is you know, warning signs going off in your head, right? It's the flashing red light going, oh my gosh. It doesn't mean that they can't read stuff at a higher level in the same exact way either. It just means that they can't read fluently, full stop. So if that's the case, it's really good to get an idea of that. But I start as easy as I can to hopefully give them some opportunity for success. And then I'll jump forward a few songs depending on how they did, see how they do with that. Jump into the next book, in Piano Pronto Movement 1, and often with transfer students, say between grades 1, 2, maybe even 3, we land in Movement 1. So because I want the book that they use going forward as a reading book to have them feeling successful with a piece in one or two weeks, and that's one of my top priorities. So like I said, these these books do not look babyish, they don't sound babyish, and so students don't really know um, that we're stepping backwards at all, and it works very well. But regardless of what you're going to do going forward, make sure you see some form of sight reading, preferably not an actual sight reading book, just an easier level book that they can read through. After our sight reading, we'll have a little chat about their goals. Um, it's very important to me that my students, especially older students, know that I want them to do what they want to do with music. I want them to play pop if they want to play pop. I want them to play Beethoven if they want to play Beethoven. It doesn't mean I'm not going to expose them to other stuff, but we need to establish that trust, that feeling that we are on the same page, we're headed the same way, and we can be open and honest about what it is we're trying to achieve. So I'll have a little chat with them about what they want to do, what kind of music they like, and what was their favourite part of lessons previously, and all that stuff. After we've had a little chat and moving towards the end of the lesson, we'll come up with some kind of a quick win, or I will. Hopefully this will be based off of their goals that they have expressed to me. So if they say they love Coldplay, amazing, teach them the riff from clocks. If they say they've always wanted to learn Claire de Lune, well, maybe take out a really easy arrangement of it and teach them a little bit by rote. If they don't say anything like that that you can use, some go-to ideas would be to teach them a chord progression, just, you know, a one, five, six, four, or something like that. 
or to teach them a rope piece. I love the ones from Piano Safari. Even if you're not using Piano Safari as a method, grab the pattern pieces one and two and teach those by rope because it's going to be a feeling that they've never experienced before if they haven't learned in that way. They're going to be making really rich, full sounding music using the whole piano and it's going to feel easy too. So I love to give them a quick win, something that they can go home and practice or play at the piano just for fun. I won't give them any big assignments this week, absolutely not. Just something simple that they can go home and have some fun with. And then the last section of the lesson I'll reserve for improvising. If you haven't improvised with these students before, it doesn't have to be scary, I promise. You can find tons of tips for improvising on my blog, colorfulkeys.ie. Just do something simple. Get the Create First books by Forrest Kinney to use his teacher duets uh, to support them or play a simple chord progression and have them improvise on the white keys or the black keys. Especially if they've never improvised before, this is going to feel like magic. They might be hesitant to do it at first, but just encourage them, say, listen, there's nothing wrong. You're just pressing random keys. I promise it'll sound fantastic no matter what you do. Just give it a go. And um, just keep going until they join in. It's really such a wonderful thing to see the look on students' faces when they can make music in the moment that sounds great. They're actually listening to themselves and not having to read anything and not having to struggle with something. It's amazing. So I love to finish off my transfer student's first lesson with that great moment of improvisation and discovery. So there you have it. Those are my four slash five sections of a first lesson with a transfer student. I'll have them play something comfortable, something that's easy for them and that they love to play. Do some sight reading in a book at an easier level. Have a goals chat and then lead that into hopefully some kind of quick win, rope piece or chord progression for them to play this week at home. And then improvise together so that they can get inspired about music and what can be created. You can find the show notes for today's episode at vibrantmusicteaching.com slash seven. That's the number seven for episode seven. VMT members who are listening now can access the transfer student training, which was just released a week or so ago in the courses section on VMT. And there's a webinar all about teaching transfer students coming up this Friday. So if you're listening to this bang on time, then sign up at vibrantmusicteaching.com slash transfer. And if you're listening just after Friday or just a tiny bit late, sign up there anyway, and you'll get access to the replay. VMT members can access the replay at any time under the videos menu and then webinars and workshops. Next week is going to be a Q&A podcast episode. I'm going to be taking questions from Vibrant Music Teaching members. So if you're a member, hop into the VMT Clubhouse Facebook group and leave your question for me there. I'm open to questions about anything that you want me to chat about. So hop in there and leave your question. Or if you want, you can email me or write to me on the site, whatever suits you best. I'm looking forward to answering your questions then and helping you and everyone else who's listening with some of your burning teaching problems. I'll chat to you then. Bye for now. If you enjoyed this episode of the Vibrant Music Teaching Podcast, then you should definitely check out Vibrant Music Teaching Membership. 
go to bmt.ninja and discover how you can get access to a whole training about transfer students as well as a whole year's lesson plans for preschoolers and a chord crash course and tons of games and creative activities to spice up your teaching, make it more effective and more fun. Find out more at vmt.ninja.